This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus, and I pray everyone is doing well. Uh, We are enjoying a great working of the Spirit of God, and we're seeing God increase in the moving of His Spirit, the saving of souls, the changing of lives. And I know and believe that we are entering in to the greatest visitation that God has ever given to man since he's been on this earth. And I'm expecting revivals that are going to grow in magnitude like the book of Acts. And we're going to go beyond because this is a season that God has chosen to visit the earth. And I'm excited about what God's doing. And I want to uh, talk to you a little bit today about what God has put in my spirit And what I want to talk to you about is the word that says, And ye shall be witnesses unto me. You know, going back to 1995, I believe it was, I had a tent up uh, preaching a revival in a small town called Fife, Alabama. And in that meeting, I started to step to the platform. And as I was waiting to go up the stairs and take the service, the voice of the Lord spoke inside of me, and he asked me a question. He says, what is the witness of the gospel? And I kept thinking and thinking and thinking, and I couldn't uh, come up with an answer that I felt good about. I was wrestling this in my mind, and at the same time, I had to step out and uh, take the platform and start the service. And just as I uh, stepped out on the platform and was ready to, uh, you know, start the service or take it from the song leader, the Lord spoke into my spirit. He said, the miracles are the witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Lord began to deal with me from that time forward and said, there is no other No other religion that names and claims the power of miracles and has the demonstration and the power of miracles other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, Paul went and preached that by this gospel, he said, when he was preaching to the heathen, he said, God, Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. There's no other gospel, there's no other preaching and teaching that declares the power to do miracles, that declares the resurrection of the dead, that declares that what's going to happen to people that believe. And so I want you to know that God is moving by the power of His Spirit. He's moving in a realm and a way that I've never seen Him move And I'm excited about what God is doing. There is an awakening. There is a moving. There's a stirring. There's a healing. There's a deliverance that is coming forth in the earth. But you know, the Lord, all through the scriptures, he gave signs uh, constituting that there would be a deliverance, that there would be a coming forth of a power of the Word of God in people's lives. And I'm trying to get to the Scripture over in Mark 16. 
where he commissioned his disciples and told them to go preach. And in Mark 16 and 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And in verse 17, he says this, And these signs shall follow them that believe. This is the witness that Jesus told them was going to happen to those that he had predestined and foreordained or to those that he had called to ministry. It's not everybody's going to do this. This is ministry. But he said, when you go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. This is not talking about literal physical serpents. This is talking about having power over demons. And if they drink any deadly thing, it didn't say when. It said if they drink any deadly thing or if somebody tries to poison. And I've heard of ministers. This happening to them over the years. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And it goes on in verses 19 and 20 of Mark 16, and it says, So, then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. In other words, he became the power of God. All power in heaven and earth was placed in Jesus. He said that in Luke 28 and 19, all power in heaven and earth is now given unto me. And in Mark 16 and verse 20, it says, And they went forth preaching everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following amen. What was he doing? He was bearing them witness. He was bearing them witness that Christ had taken its abode in them. And in Mark 24 and 14, it says that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. What did it say? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness. In other words, there is something going to demonstrate. There is something that people are going to see. They're going to know that God is with you. And it lines up with Mark 16 and 15. It lines up about these signs shall follow them. They believe, but in Acts, the first chapter and the eighth verse, he said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come up on you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And again, he's talking, he was talking to those chosen witnesses and he had, he had ordained them. He had set for certain ones to receive power and he had chosen them to be witnesses and while they stood there and he ministered to this to them. And it said in verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, 
while they beheld he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. He wasn't talking to the uh, lay members of the church. He wasn't talking to every member of the church. He was talking to ministry. He was talking to those that he had chosen to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers he had chosen to bear witness that Christ had come in in the power of the Spirit to take his abode in them. So he said, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, I want you to know that when you are, uh, he spoke that there in Acts 1 and 8, and then you go to Acts, the uh, fourth chapter, I believe it is. Let me get there, because I want to read it to you. Uh, Acts chapter 4, and verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. What was happening? Mighty signs, wonders, miracles, great deliverance, great miracles, great moves of God. If you go back to uh, a few verses back from that, you will find that they were had just got out of prison and they were beaten and they were uh warned of the elders of Jerusalem, said, do not preach or teach in this name. And then in verse 27, the apostles came together and they said, for of a truth, the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, who's talking about the Romans and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before thee to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken that when they were assembled together and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And you go on down and it says in that 33rd verse that I just read, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus with great power, with great power, with great power. What I want to know is what has happened to the power, what has happened to the working of the Spirit of God, what has happened, children, to the witness of the gospel. We got a lot of people preaching. We got a lot of people talking. We got a lot of people uh, talking about a great God, talking about a power of God, talking about how great their God is and the power. But we have very few bearing witness. And from 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and the very first verse, Paul said this, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not 
with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. And I have asked people repeatedly over the last year, what is your witness? What is your testimony? How do you declare the testimony of God? If you just go talk to people and you tell them about Jesus, that's all well and good. My son returned from Uganda after 10 days in Uganda back in the 1st of September and he called me and he told me he said daddy he said we spoke to sinners we spoke to saints we spoke to Christians we spoke to Muslims we spoke to Buddhists we spoke to every manner of religion Anglican Catholics everybody over there said we talked to them about the Lord and they would agree with us but when it come time for them to, to convert he said we couldn't get them to convert and he said they wanted to know what was the witness that our gospel was different than anything else anybody else preached and, and he said I was taken back he said because I did not realize we were in an area that had been preached and preached and preached and re-preached and he said they would listen to you and they would agree with you but when it come time for them to convert and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior he said they just went on their way. He said, because they had heard it and 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 reheard it for years. He said, but there was no testimony of God. There was no witness. There was nothing to demonstrate that Christ lived in our lives. And Paul went on and said in this First Corinthians, the second chapter, the second verse, he said, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. When I was in India back in 94, uh, I remember 93, I remember being in a small village there. And uh, some of the missionaries we were with, that they were supposed to go to a village about 25 miles away, and it didn't work out. And when the pastors heard they weren't coming and we weren't going to be able to get there, they made that trip up that mountain and they met with us said, Look, we have told our people that somebody is coming to preach Jesus, a healing Jesus. We have heard about the miracles that are happening in the meetings. And y'all set a meeting to come preach to our people. And if somebody does not come down and preach to our people and has the demonstration of miracles in their lives that our people are going to think we lied to them and they will beat us. And so we talked about it and I told them, I said, I will go down. I will come down tomorrow night and I will preach. They already had school grounds set. They already had the meeting set. And so I told the missionaries, I said, look, this 
this thing is broke out. Y'all go ahead to these other towns. I will go down and preach. Uh, and I will uh, declare Jesus to them. And I had no fear that the Lord uh, would confirm the word was signs following because I'd had miracles. Uh, at that time, I'd had miracles in Central America, South America, all over the United States uh, and Canada. And I'd already seen God work miracles in the meetings in India. So I got in prayer and I preached, I prayed that night on up to three or four o'clock that morning believing God was going to move. And while I was praying, a light lit up the room. And when it lit up the room, I was on my knees. And it was dark in the room. And you know how a bright light can shine in the room and get your attention. I opened my eyes and I looked up. And there was Jesus above me hanging on the cross. And he looked down at me. He said, everybody preaches my light. Everybody preaches the accomplishments about my life. He said, but you do not have what you have because I lived. You have what you have because I died. Because I was crucified. And he said, when you go down there tomorrow night, he said, you preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified because the power of God has been given unto you because I I was crucified, buried, and resurrected. I sent back the Holy Ghost into my people. And I said, after you have received the Holy Ghost, which came because I died, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the resurrected Christ. And it is the spirit of the resurrected Christ living on the inside of us that gives us the authority and the power and dominion to do these things. It's nothing uh, you have of yourself. It is Him living in you. Uh, and so I went down there that next night and I preached uh, Jesus Christ in Him crucified. Uh, and when I did, God began to open blind eyes, unstop deaf ears, uh, loose dumb tongues, heal lame. Uh, and I preached to about 30 or 40,000 people that night. Uh, and when I gave the altar call, probably uh, 20 to 35 and come forward and receive Christ. Uh, great witness was given like it was in the book of Acts. Uh, God has not changed. We changed. Uh, we've walked away from the power and the authority and the dominion uh, of the resurrected Christ uh, that should be bearing witness that He is alive in us. Uh, and that's the reason Paul said here uh, that I determined not to know anything among you. Uh, save Jesus Jesus Christ in Him crucified. Uh, that is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2. Uh, and then he went on in verse 3 and said, And I was with you in weakness uh, and in fear and in much trembling. Uh, verse 4, And my speech uh, and my preaching uh, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. Uh, the word demonstration means action. It means to put 
put things in action. So Paul said in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power, and of power that your faith does not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul was telling them, I don't want to see your faith stand in the wisdom of men. I don't want to see your faith stand in man's wisdom and speaking great swelling words. And you go back up to verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And that's what Paul said. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. Paul was highly educated. I'm not against education. But Paul didn't come speaking great swelling words. He didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. But he came in weakness. He came in fear and trembling. And he said, I declare unto you the testimony of God with power. I come in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And what I'm telling you children, hold on. The witness of the Gospels being restored. The testimony of God with power is being restored. I've been preaching about the kingdom coming and trying to get people to understand that the gospel of the kingdom is different than the place called heaven. And I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 4. Let me jump over there to it. I believe that's where it is in 1 Corinthians 4 where it talks about that the kingdom of God is not in word only, but it is also in power. Let me get it. Hang on with me. Hallelujah. Yes. It's 1 Corinthians 4 and 20. But the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. And I believe it was in Luke 17 and 20 where Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom so much and talked about it so much that finally the Pharisees came to him and said, we want, we want to see this kingdom. We want to see it. We want to see it. We want to know where it's coming. We're going to, we want to know where it's going to be revealed. We want you to tell us. We want, to, want you to show us. But Jesus told them, and I'm getting the scripture. I'll be right there. That the kingdom of heaven cometh not. Verse 20, Luke 17. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither say they, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Heaven is not within you. Heaven is not within you. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the indwelling of the resurrected Christ that brings forth His mind, His nature, His spirit, His love, His mercy, His compassion, His forgiveness. It brings forth the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5.22. But it also brings forth the power of God, the healing, the deliverance, the miracles. Yes, you will bear witness that Christ is 
is in you by his life, by his nature. By your actions ye shall know the tree. By the fruit that it bears, but also by the signs and wonders and miracles. Both things will bear witness of you. What's your testimony? I've been asking people for weeks now, if not months, what's your testimony? What's your witness? What are people going to see in your life? What is going to come out of you? That's going to bear witness that Christ lives in you. Are you just in word only and not in power? Then you're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You can preach salvation. You can preach repentance. You can preach water baptism. But when you preach the gospel of the kingdom, then you're going to declare the kingdom of God with power. And there is going to be a demonstration of the witness of the power of the resurrected Christ living on the very inside of you. And it has taken its abode and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And we in this day as this kingdom comes forth are going to do the same because the kingdom of heaven was poured out on the day of Pentecost. That's exactly what Jesus was talking about in Mark the ninth chapter and the first verse when he took Peter and James and John and he said there be some of you standing here which shall not taste of death till you've seen the kingdom of God come with power. And then you read Acts the first chapter, I believe it's the third verse. It says, Jesus showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. And he showed himself to those apostles he had chosen. And he instructed them in things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom was fixing to come on the day of Pentecost. The nature of Christ, the power, the authority, the dominion of the Christ was poured out on that 120 in that upper room. This was not the lay members of the church. This was ministry. This was those chosen to bear witness. This was those chosen uh, to be gifted, to be anointed, to govern the church, to have a leadership, uh, to lead the, the church to salvation because the church was not even birthed at that time. The church was not birthed. I'm talking about the lay members. Uh, the body was not birthed until after the Holy Ghost was poured out and Peter preached and 3,000 repented and got baptized then. Those 120 that were anointed to govern. That's when that come into play in their lives. They were there to govern that 3,000 that received uh, Christ and were baptized uh, in water uh, that day and were saved. Uh, so we are now entering into a move of God and we're now one more time going to see the witness of the gospel. I will tell you again what the Lord spoke to me in July of 1995, he said, the miracles are the witness of the gospel. The miracles are the witness. I don't care what you preach. I don't care what you teach. If you don't have a witness, people aren't going to believe you. But if you preach the truth of this gospel of the kingdom, said it shall be preached into all the world for a witness. I've had people tell me, Brother Metter, we've been all over the world. I've been in many places in the world. Is Christianity there? Yes, it is. They preach a, a salvation and a repentance gospel, but they do not have a demonstration. They do not have a witness 
of miracles and signs and wonders that Christ is among them. It was in the early church. It's going to be in the latter church because the Word teaches us that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Hang on, believe, stand fast, because this thing is at the door. This is Brother Metter, and I see that our time is about gone. And I really want to encourage you to stand with this broadcast. I feel this Word getting stronger and stronger, and I feel the power of God being revealed And I want to encourage you to help us in all your contributions. If you send them in the name of World Revivals, they are a tax uh, deductible donation. You can write us and make your donations to World Revivals, P.O. Box 1618, Conyers, C-O-N-Y-E-R-S, Georgia, 30012. Send us your prayer request. Let us know what God is doing for you. But write us. Stand with this gospel. If you want to go to our website, which is mansentfromgod.org. That is M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G. There is a place there that you can donate by debit or credit card. You can do this. You can help us. You can stand with us. There is an email address there. You can email us. Send us your prayer requests. Let us know what this broadcast means for you and is doing for you. And we encourage you to come be with us. Our church is New Testament Church at J. It is located at 90, that is 90 Garland, G-A-R-L-A-N-D, Drive in J, Georgia. The zip is 30536. We encourage you to come be with us at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. We are seeing God do some great things. Thank you for listening, and we will see you again next week at the same time.